This is episode 25 of the History of Podcast, almost said 24. I'm Robert. And I'm Emma. Today, we will be talking about the history of the Michelin star. But uh, first, as always, we have the egg carton count. Oh, yes. And today's egg carton count is... It's, uh, it's 33, so the magic number. I actually oh, yes. made a new... Yesterday, I made a new egg carton board out of cardboard. So, like, we take cardboard and... Uh, and like I duct taped egg cartons to it because we were they were just getting scattered around the room and I was kind of procrastinating doing that. But yeah, this is what I do in my free time. Oh yes, <laughs> organizing egg cartons—it's much appreciated. The Michelin Guide has you know a lot more than one, two, or three stars on restaurants. But there are a bunch of little symbols for counter dining, simple shops, interesting view, and a five-level comfort and quality rating for restaurants and hotels. And I know that's a lot. And I promise this is not an ad, but it is quite in depth. <laughs> uh, the getting into the history of the Michelin star. Oh, yes. So we go back to Michelin Tire Company, which was founded in 1889. And two, uh, that was by two Frenchmen, Andre and Edward Michelin. It's like they're, they're French and it's I'm sure it's pronounced Edward, but it's spelled Eduard. It's <laughs> yes, we have the uh, French uh learner french student in oh here. no yes um but the michelin guide came out in 1900 so 11 uh, years after the founding of michelin tires and the two brothers wanted to advertise and kind of increase demand for cars i get that uh because in a way they're indirectly advertising their tires and they wanted to uh they wanted to promote travel uh throughout france because there weren't even like 3,000 cars in france at the time it was something for the wealthy, so they had higher-level restaurants. But they wanted to, by putting this guide out, they thought they could uh, increase demand for cars and increase demand for their tires. So, of course, as we kind of just stated, they created the Michelin Guide, which had some maps with the best restaurants, hotels, and gas stations on well-traveled routes. It also included instructions on how to repair and even change your tires. I mean, you got to do that subtle advertising. <laughs> It was a travel guide, but most people only know it for the stars on restaurants. And it was a free booklet, uh, the Michelin Guide, for 14 years, little red booklet. Uh, some would say 20 years, and I'll tell you why. Um, but they stopped They stopped making them in 1914 uh, because of World War One. Things were just getting too chaotic and intense um, during the World War. But in 1920, so 20 years after they introduced them 100 years ago, uh, Michelin star Michelin started making its guides again, so that's why it would have been a pause for 20 years. Uh, but this time, they weren't free. The story goes, the Michelin brothers were in a mechanic shop, and the mechanic had a stack of free Michelin guides propping up his workbench. You know, people don't appreciate things when they're free. Um, so the first price tag on the books was 7 francs, hmm. and charging them also limited... Uh, eliminated the ads that the the guides had before and not until 1926 so six years later were restaurants rated with stars uh, they were just it was just recommended restaurants instead of uh, a star system um, but this uh, when it started out it was only a one star system not a three star system mm. uh, that wasn't done it wasn't expanded to a spectrum of three stars until 1931 as the Michelin Guide expanded, a group of anonymous restaurant inspectors experienced and reviewed the restaurants. 
The anonymous aspect is important because I wanted to see how anyone would be treated in that restaurant, which I get that. I get that. You uh, you were talking about, you are talking to me earlier about like a meme of uh, a Michelin, a Michelin oh, star goodness. restaurant, yes. a Michelin inspector and uh, a secret agent. Sorry, how did that go? Uh, from my uh, recollection, it was like a spy came across like a Michelin, someone who is um, inspecting a restaurant for the Michelin uh, guide. And of course, the person with the Michelin guide didn't want to blow their cover, so they pretended they were a spy. <laughs> but getting back into the history of the Michelin guide, we talked about the progression of the guide through the 1920s. And then later, just like World War One, production of the Michelin guides was halted in World War Two. And they came back in 1939 because they had maps that could be useful to Allied forces. And as Europe's economy took a hit, the Michelin's uh, restaurant rating scale was downsized to two stars. Uh, later in 1955, Michelin uh, started counting, you know, price into their ratings. In essence, uh, the best value gets a good rating. And there's a name for that specific rating. It's called the uh, Bib Gourmand. Fancy. Jumping on over to 2005, the Michelin Guide started rating restaurants in the U.S. Only the most expensive restaurants in New York uh, were kind of rated at that point. Now, Michelin star restaurants exist in New York, Chicago, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. And over the course of 2007 through 2008, restaurants in Macau, Hong Kong, and Tokyo were added to the list. And today, you can find 15,842 Michelin-starred restaurants in 23 countries around the world. But the guide is actually sold in 90 countries. The Michelin star is a coveted rating among many high-level restaurants. Many people simply do not know its history or how extensive the Michelin ratings are. Oftentimes, we take chefs for granted. Michelin stars give chefs the recognition they truly deserve. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode. Um, let me just plug our Instagram and our YouTube. Our Instagram is one conglomeration of words, the history of podcast, the links in the show notes. Also check out our YouTube channel. It's another platform to listen to the podcast. Uh, you can just search the history of on YouTube and hopefully you'll find it. Um, we're also on Podcast Index if you're interested. Just kind of the uh, it's, Podcast Index is like the the platform of platforms. It's like the... You'll never be taken off of a, you'll never be, how do I say, deplatformed from Podcast Index. The platform of free speech. Yes. And uh, I will say, I kind of apologize for the light episode today and recently. Uh, I've had a major research project for the next upcoming episode. Oh, yes. This will be a whopper. So um, I'm really excited about this next episode. Um, and it's been it's been on the back burner. Research for that has been on the back burner for probably about a month, yeah. maybe two months now. Keep your eyes peeled. It's gonna so be that's gonna be a big episode. one. If you have any questions or comments about the information provided in this episode, please contact us at thehistoryof365 at gmail.com. Have a blessed day, and you've got to promise me something: never stop learning.